And we're back again. We just won't quit. We won't stop. So when we talk about value, we talk about how you can, how your value is intrinsic. We talk about how it's, you know, it's internal, but we talk about how others can help us achieve that goal of realizing our value. You know, we call you our campers. You know, we were like this, the idea is we're in this encampment. We're on this adventure together. But, you know, who do you, who do you circle up around your fire with at night? You know, who do you have in your life that is those people that affirm your value? Is it your family? Is it your, your work friends? Is it your friends? Is it your bunkmates? Is it your church? You know, there's these different organizations and groups that we put ourselves in that we call ourselves the closest to. You know, for me, that is my immediate family, my church family, which includes Rob, you know, and a couple other people. And those are the people that, not that I look for to go and give me value, but to help remind me of my value, to who are positive influences in my life that help me maintain positive thought patterns. Rob and I were talking today uh, about those different groups. You know, we were kind of bringing up how our upbringings were different, but also how that we have some similarities, you know, I moved out to, uh, away from my, my extended family when I was really young and I didn't really grow up with them. So I kind of grew up with a different dynamic than he did, but he, kinda, I don't know, Rob, you said you had this kind of different dynamic now that you put yourself in, I guess for a while, a lone wolf position. You're this last decade, you've been kind of coming to a more social um, group where you're no longer being that wolf. So, wolf. Right. So let's call, I like it. Okay. You got me fired up. That sometimes it, I'm going to stick a dynamite. You just got to light my fuse. So packs, <clears throat> when you got me to think about wolves, I started thinking about packs. Like there are these groups in our lives that are like our packs. These are the people that, you know, they're not always the people that we, you know, cuddle up against at night or think of with this like extra fond, like memories or things like that, you know, so for the most part, our families are where everything starts with everybody. When it comes to our value, I, th okay, here we go. You, you, know, you, you did it. This is all on you. Where we start understanding our value is with our families. Um, I just think back to my, you know, I got a little two-year-old guy. He's like a ball of energy, super awesome guy. But the day he was born, I go back to that moment. It was like, we, we kind of had a choice to make. Like what kind of life were we going to give him? you know? And so when we talk to our children, we, we try to encourage them in everything they try to do. And we try to discourage, you know, negative or bad behavior, but there's also families out there that they don't do a great job at that. So as an adult, your value sometimes is rooted in how your family dynamic, you know, was right. That's the first pack that you're a part of. Yeah, those are the first people that you have social interactions with, you know, and it kind of a lot of that tone is set by that. And I find it interesting, even even people that I know, even my friends and uh, battle buddies from the military, they and they even compared like they might have not had great childhoods, great families, but they compare their close group of friends or their, 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 you know, those in groups, their packs to their family. And, you know, because we, we kind of know that these are the people that should be your quote unquote ride or die or your, your just those people that you can the men, count. Gonna, the men and women you're going to run with. Yeah. And they're going to, you're going to count on these people to be there with you. And 
whether that's through blood relation or something else, you know, there's this, we look for that defining characteristic, whether it be blood, whether it be religious, or whether it be social, on how we go and... I think everybody who listens to this podcast has an underlining understanding that they have value. And the reason I say that is because when we, as we move out of childhood um, and we move into adulthood, our pack becomes more handpicked. You know, at, at first it's kind of you're stuck with what you got. And, and that may be not just your family. It may be the daycare you go to. It may be your preschool, your school. You know, if, if, you're, if you're a religious person, it may be your, your church or your synagogue or your temple. You know, that it, it's, it's sort of forced on you and, and you're, you're stuck with what you get. Hopefully it's positive, but it isn't always. And we know that a lot of times it's not. And so <clears throat> as you get older, you tend to, to seek out people that remind you of your value. You don't maybe realize that's what you're doing, but when you're seeking people that are like-minded like you, it's because you know that they understand their value the same way you understand your value. Right. I mean, that's partly why, I mean, like, for example, Rob and I, we, we have a very similar value of friendship and loyalty, you know, and as well as we have our religious aspect. But I think those are the, the, the biggest ones are like how your friends should be in your life. And that's why I crash over his place every <laughs> Friday and to come and hang out. You know, that's why we started this podcast together because we have we're very like minded in that aspect. And, you know, I, I view Rob and his family as, as an extension of my family. They're, they're and my, vice versa. I mean, my kids, you know, that, you know, they don't they don't go so far as to call you Uncle Rye, but um you know, they, they look forward to, to seeing you when they hear your voice on the phone. They want to say hi. You know, they they have, uh, you know, developed their own relationship with you. Yeah, like the other day I was talking to Rob on the phone and uh, his son was around and he was like, is that Mr. Rye? And it was. And he was he was like, come over today. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm coming over Friday, buddy. And in two more days, I'll be over. I'll be over. Yeah, and I think that as we look at your value and... And what it becomes and what I was talking about earlier was that I am not, I am a social butterfly, to, to put it in any other... Uh, oh, golly. Like, uh, I'm struggling today and that's okay because it doesn't change my value. Oh, geez. I am the kind of person that I, I like being around people. I like engaging. You know, I, I get my, my pump from from social interactions, especially interactions I choose, you know, not work interactions or, or, you know, program interactions like, you know, going to a gym or going, you know, to, uh, you know, a society thing, whatever it's, it's people I sort of handpicked, if it will, to, to be in my, my, my circle, my world, you know, now my circle is so much bigger than others. I mean, I, I, you know, I, when my social comfort zone gets filled, I just expand it to put more people in there. But due to decisions I've made, you know, like my life in many ways, I I do it by myself. And so I almost hunger for my pack. Like I, I spend so much time by myself, whether it be through my job or through the hours I keep due to my job or you know, just 
things in life like, you know, children's athletics you got to be at or, you know, whatever that when I get an opportunity to be around my pack, I, I just, I crave it. Like I just. Yeah. I mean, it is that, that it's a craving, it's a need. And I think this last year with the whole, you know, isolation, the, the, uh, what's that word that I'm looking at? Quarantine that we experienced. And you know, I mean, for me, towards the tail end of that last year, it would just came down to the point because I didn't really have a group at that point. This is kind of when I had first moved to this area. I didn't really know anybody. Shortly after that, I, I mean, shortly after beginning of this year, I started hanging out with Rob and his group. And because I realized there was times where I legitimately lived in my house for a week, two weeks at a time, and it was just me and myself. And without having, and I... Yeah, I mean, obviously I was struggling with some other stuff, but I mean, there was people that were much stronger in their belief, their value of their self and understanding their value of themselves, that even they started to feel that that loneliness, that isolation, that maybe maybe I'm not that good. Maybe I'm maybe I'm not worth that much because you don't have that 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 sounding board, that 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 positive reinforcement of those thoughts and you just you can start spinning, you know? And I think that 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 changed for me when you start getting out. If you isolate yourself, the only person you have to talk to is yourself. And, well, you, and that goes to the idea of your value is there, but it's easy to forget it when you're isolated. Yeah. And if there's like, I always think it's interesting how every year there's something new that drives me up a wall. Like I would have never thought in a in a million years that the opportunity to talk to 10 or 20 people via video chat would be something I hate. But Zoom and I do not get along. We are not friends. Why do you like dislike Zoom so because much? Because what Zoom does is it is, you know, and I mean, pick, pick one. Okay, Google Meeting or pick one, any of them. Any of them that have you, you're sitting at home alone by yourself and it's like being toyed with. Here are these people that you've been craving time with. And, you know, it's not like a phone call where it's like you can't see the person, you can't see their face, you can't see them smile or laugh or whatever. You may can hear those things. But on Zoom, on Google Meet or whatever they're called, obviously I have an issue with all of them. (laughs) And it's not that I don't see the value. I mean, I have nephews in Minnesota. I love them. I hope they're listening to this podcast because... I want to speak into their lives. You know, I want them to recognize their value. They're little. Um, but like, I love talking to them over, over, you know, Skype or FaceTime or, or Google duo or whatever, but that's more one-on-one. But like back to the whole idea is like, it drives me crazy because here's my pack and I can't, I can't reach out to them. You know, it's, it's like being toyed with. And I, I think I might feel different with about it if it was more like, like, work-based or like there was this need but my experience with zoom was with my communities with my packs yeah it's it you can't have that being your primary social interaction with your groups because it's you don't have that same okay so i have this uh buddy and uh, he's in the military and he's currently stationed overseas and him and i we we're tight we went through a lot of stuff together we were stationed together for a long time and him and I both struggle with that, the self-value stuff. And we, uh, we try to talk, um, on 
like FaceTime or whatever, one of those things, you know, like once a week at least, because we, we were going through some stuff and he's going through some things and then we just want to be able to have that. But it's still not the same. We talk about it all the time. It's like, I know I talk to you all the time. We text back and forth with a group, all that stuff. I know we have this interaction, but you don't have them there. You don't have them physically there to just exist with you. And, you know, he, he complains about it and I complain about it. And it's like, you know, you are my closest friend in a lot of ways. We're tight like that because we went through some really tough crap together. But I feel so lonely here. Even though I can call you up with a click of a button and I see you fa- your face, I can talk to you, I can laugh with you. It's just not the same as existing with somebody. My best friend in high school, he, uh, you know, life was hard for him right out of high school. He he just, he struggled getting through college. It was more of a decision thing than an intelligence thing. He just couldn't get his head wrapped around what he wanted to do with his life. Um, that ended up being sort of a, you know, in my opinion, kind of a joke because he goes to eight years to get a four-year degree and then he doesn't even use his degree. He actually does what I do for a living. He works for, for uh, Pepsi, delivering product for them. And uh, so he moved, you know, out to Denver after a bad marriage and, and just getting right out of college. And then he, you know, basically met a gal and, well, he re-met a gal, I should say. And then they got married, had some kids, and they moved back to Rifle, Colorado, which is about an hour from, from Grand Junction where we're at. And um, so I just don't see him anymore. This, is, this was like my first real... Packmate. This was my first best friend. Talk about everything. Go through some stuff together. Do stupid things together. Uh, we were just like the. We were like, oh my god. There were days we were like fire and gasoline. Like I don't mean like in a, like a negative way. I mean like I had the idea and he was the one running with it, kind of thing. Uh, you know, like let's go jump off a bridge. And before I could even say bridge, he's jumping off the stupid thing. Like that was the kind of friend he was. And it, and. And so, like, this uh, distance between us, this physical distance between us, has changed that dynamic. We're not as as close as we once were, meaning we don't talk about our deepest struggles and stuff. Now, when we see each other, yeah, there it is. But because of that distance, it's changed the dynamic. And so I end up going to other people when I'm having a bad day than him because he's not there. Well, last weekend he came down. James and I moved out to a new house, you know, about six months ago, whatever, and, and he hadn't come out yet and seen it. So he invited him out and he came out with his wife. And it was just amazing how the minute he got here, all those feelings of like the relationship is starting to dissolve or the relationship isn't what it used to be just went away. And it was like we were right back to being goofballs. And I mean, we were trying to drown each other in the above ground swimming pool because that's what grown men should do. And I mean having a beer together and just grilling together and just we hadn't seen each other in six months yet. It was like right back in step and we need those kind of relationships, but we need them. You know, we talked about this in a previous podcast about like, you've got some relationships. No, we didn't. We were going to talk about that today. Some relationships are the ones that are your everydays. They're like what you and I have. We talk most of the time, at least once a day, not, not always for a long time, you know, 15 minutes, whatever, just checking in, seeing how the day is, talk about podcast stuff, talk about life stuff, um, you know, whatever. And then, you know, once or twice a week we meet up in person and, and we've become each other's sort of accountability, the person that's most likely to remind you of your value, like family. Um, Every day. 
then we've got like our families, which, you know, we, we might talk to two or three times a week, you know, and then we've got those friends that for you, it was an army buddy. For me, it was my, my first real best friend that, you know, we may only talk once every six months, but those relationships are important too. And each one has a layer that helps us remember our value. Yeah, we need all of them. We need those people to be present in our life. I think it's very important if you're isolated, if you're out there by yourself. and But you might have, the, you like say, well, I have this best friend and they live across the country, across the globe or somewhere. Or I have this family member, but we're not in the same place. And But, you know, we're close. We talk every day. You need to be, not because you can't realize your own value on your own. You can. You can realize your value because it's intrinsic, whatever. And you know that. But it's so helpful to have somebody there that is similar minded to you that is going to help you and you're going to help them remind each other of your value on a day to day basis because you're having that constant interaction. You we need those healthy relationships. And I think we want to dive into and we'll get into this uh, in our next podcast. Um, this is kind of a part one, part two. We're we're trying out the. We've been doing a lot of the part one, part twos recently. You know, we we find that we've got enough there to that it needs multiple things. We don't want your day spent listening to us. We want your day spent living life, living in your value, living in your family. There's value because there's value, not just you know the value of a group is so much different than the value that's in you. The value that's in you. It's there. The value in the group is built. It's built upon trust. It's built upon experiences. It's built upon, you know, love and and hope and peace and and the future, you know. So we've been, you know, we've been we're trying to keep these short, something you can listen to, give you a quick reminder and get you out. Um, but you know, in the next podcast we want we're gonna talk about expanding on this idea of a pack, um, looking towards and for those groups those packs, those things that bring you in, that you're a part of, that remind you of your value. Yeah. So, you know, just take this time to reflect and see who those people are, identify them, and just run with them. Run with them. And when you remember who they are, especially those that are maybe further away, take the time to thank them for those times that they reminded you of your value you told a story during our last two-parter about a guy that saved your life, essentially. This this buddy of mine that I'm I'm talking about today lives in you know about an hour from me. He did the same thing for me. It was right after my first divorce. Talk about feeling like a failure. I mean, I I didn't have a bad upbringing, and I'll talk more about that in the next podcast. I had a really you know I had a fairly solid upbringing. It just wasn't as value centered as it needed to be. And so when I grew up, people, you know, people always ask you, what do you want to be when you grow up? I was like, I don't know. I didn't care about all that. I didn't care about being a, a firefighter or an astronaut or a doctor or a politician. I wanted a family. That's what I wanted. I'm sitting in my house facing down the barrel of my first divorce. And you want to talk about like not recognizing your value. That was probably one of the darkest moments I had ever had. Because everything I wanted, everything I hoped for was gone. And I'm sitting there and I remember very, very precisely. I went home, parental guidance moment, <laughs> maybe get your kids out of the room or pause the, but I went home and I, I cleaned my gun. 
because I wasn't going to be one of those losers. You know, this is just what's going through my head. This isn't that tried to kill themselves and missed. Like I was never that guy. I'm a perfectionist. If I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it right. And I remember just cleaning my handgun and, uh, I'm sitting at my, it was right after I got off work. It was like the next day, maybe two days later. It's probably the next day, honestly. It was because it had to been like big impact. And I'm sitting at my kitchen table after work, just cleaning my handgun, meticulously cleaning it, you know, making sure everything runs like it should. And I remember setting the gun down on my, my dinner table and I picked up my cell phone and I called my buddy. And this is all I said to him. I said, I need a friend right now. And I hung up the phone. Now, he didn't live, but like maybe six blocks from me at the time. So that was good. And I got up and, you know, he, you know, it wasn't like I didn't give him a chance to respond. He's like, I'm on my way. And I went in the living room and I sat down with the gun in my hand. Now, I hadn't loaded it or nothing at this point, but I just sat there in my depression. And by the grace of God, that's what I can contribute to. Uh, I fell asleep. I was so exhausted emotionally from everything. And next thing I remember, he puts his hand on my wrist and pulls the gun out of my hand. And he's like, what's going on? He let himself into the house. He, I mean, I guess I didn't even hear him knocking or whatever. He just let himself in, grabbed that gun, took it out of my hand. And I don't even remember the conversation. That is like the last thing I remember is him grabbing my wrist and taking the gun out of my hand. And I do remember when he left, he took it with him. He took every firearm I had with him. And if it wasn't for my pack, I don't know how that day would have ended. I mean, yeah, it's just, uh, those people they help remind you of your value. But regardless, you have value. If you don't have a pack, we'll be your pack. You'll, and there's your in for yeah, your... Yeah, uh... so email us at uh, holyannoyance at gmail.com. And remember, doesn't matter what you do. Doesn't matter what you think. Doesn't matter what you say. You're valuable. Have a good week.